Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast, where we help real estate professionals grow, learn, and thrive. I'm your host, Shantha Wetterhan. Today, um, I wanted to uh, say hello to all of our new members. This group is growing so fast. And I think one of the reasons is because of every Friday, I interview leaders, thought leaders in the real estate industry. It's my passion to be able to bring you guys quality content. And I do it, do it exclusively. It's a labor of love, exclusively and totally free for everybody who's a member of this group. So if you're new, this is what you're going to get. This is the type of value you'll get. And I'm so excited to see you guys again today. So I want to introduce you guys to our very special guest today. We have a very special guest, Brenda Richter Kesson. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brenda, let me know once you start, uh, once we get an interview, if I pronounce that right. I work okay. on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, Brenda is an executive coach. Um, we will be learning today how Brenda took her business from earning zero dollars, guys, to three hundred thousand dollars in GCI in three years. I want to tell you a little bit about Brenda. She coaches real estate professionals. She trains, and as well, she'll be training at Parma House Property soon. One of my part. So you guys definitely want to catch her there. I want to let you know uh, about Brenda's background. She is an executive coach. She's a real estate business consultant. She's an educator. She helps people design the life they love by following their passions and standing firmly in their gifts of their authentic self. That is amazing. I am so excited to be speaking with her. Over the past four decades, Brenda has succeeded as not only an agent and a broker, an educator. She's a creative entrepreneur, executive leader in Fortune 500 companies, business and leadership consultant, real estate and life coach, marketing and branding expert, a woman after my own heart there, (laughs) organizational development strategist, professional photographer, and studio owner and childhood cancer advocate and philanthropist. Brenda, what do you not do? (laughs) I'm just old as dirt. I'm old as dirt. And so I've done a lot of things in my life. (laughs) Oh, no, you uh, definitely have a background that we're excited about learning from today. So um, yeah, first of all, I want to find out how you're doing. I mean, you know, we could just hop right into all these wonderful questions that we have planned for you. But I think it's important for us to stop and, you know, check on each other. How are you doing with uh, social distancing, quarantining, all the crazy things that are happening right now? You know, I'm doing great. I, um, I kind of look at COVID-19 as the great equalizer. I think it has uh, put us all in timeout. And I don't think timeout's necessarily a bad thing. I think we've been put in timeout to think about what's important. I think uh, when I say it's the great equalizer, I think it sent us a message of take care of your family, take care of your friends, take care of the elderly, take care of your planet. You know, it's just really, to me, um, a time of reflection and I'm trying to use it as, as such. So I'm doing great. I love your, everybody that I asked that question of who's, who's handling it well, they have a healthy perspective of of life and what's happening. And it's a matter of being content. And uh, I'm just, I am grateful for this reset basically. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a reset. So tell us about your experience and how you got into real estate and now how did you really, you know, evolve that career into helping others through executive coaching and education? 
So I started in real estate um, back in 2003. So I think, gosh, I think that's almost 17 years. It doesn't seem like 2003 was 17 years ago. But about 17 years ago, I had worked in the corporate world for about 20 years before that. And as I say, I got tired of working for the man. And I just finally decided to leave and go out on my own and haven't looked back. But I fell into real estate. It wasn't something that I plotted to do. I just had taken this time off um, and I helped my sister find a house. I sold my own house. And so I kind of went, huh, that real estate thing, you know, those guys make the big buck, right? That's what I thought. So I kind of fell into real estate, fell in love with it. And because I had a really strong business background, I think I, I just was able to launch my business pretty pretty quickly. So yeah, I've been doing it for about 17 years. And then when the market uh, took its dive, lived through that and um, became a managing broker at that point. I was a team leader at one of Keller Williams' offices in Buckhead. Um, And so I did some managing for a while and then eventually opened a a photography business. So anyway, I, you know, I've just kind of fell into real estate and fell in love with it. That's awesome. And you've had a long spanning career. A lot of people just retreat when things get bad. It sounds like you've seen our economy do some some crazy things over 17 years. You know how what has led and I ask this a lot of people who have had a consistency in the industry. What are some key things you think that's helped you have longevity, um, especially during tough times? Well, I think, uh, you know, I teach a business planning class and I think it's about sticking with those fundamentals that I, I teach in that class, which are, you know, leads solve everything. If you don't have leads, then when you have a bad client, you can't get rid of them. You know, when you don't have enough clients, you got to go get leads. So leads solve everything. And leads start by making sure you have a database. And, you know, usually in my coaching business, the first thing I, I ask in the initial consultation is, what does your database look like? Well, I don't have one or I kind of have one or it's on my phone and it's over here and it's over there. And, and so we always start there. And once you have that database, then it's about marketing to it. And, you know, you're a, a pro on the marketing side. You've got to put together a marketing strategy, not just a willy nilly kind of thing. And then you've got to do it really, really consistently. So for me, I I took the initial upfront time that I started in real estate and I didn't make any income for six months. All right. But I put my database together. I put my marketing strategy together and I started to touch people and I did it really, really, really consistently. And within six months in the Keller Williams world, I capped. Okay. In in other words, you, you earned a certain amount of money. And within that year, I had become rookie of the year. But most people, when you tell them, I didn't have any income for six months, like, oh, man, I couldn't do that. Well, it's a business. What business is profitable in the first year? You've got to do the work. You've got to treat it like a job. So for me, the consistency comes with consistent marketing, but you've got to have the database to market to. And then you can branch out and do other things. You can identify advocates and people that send you business and start working smarter but there's you know the key is get get leads what are you doing to get leads yeah i love what you just said it took me i wish you know i've had my business for six years now and i wish that you were one of the mentors that could have told me it's okay you're two years in and you haven't replaced your corporate income yet it's fine (laughs) yeah i was was stressed out the first two years i didn't i didn't replace my corporate income and it was sort of self you know i felt so defeated but it took me two 
two years to really be profitable. And now, you know, I'm over six figures, um, very little overhead, but it took a lot of dedication and patience and hard work and being consistent with my brand. Well, and I tell people all the time that, you know, they go into real estate and all of a sudden they're their own boss and they think, oh, you know, I'll take today off or I'll do this. And you got to treat it just like you did when you were going to work. What makes you think that that all of a sudden you have all this free time, especially when you're starting out? You've got to treat it like a business unless you want to go back to the business world. (laughs) Absolutely. I want to really dive deep into this CRM. It's so funny you mentioned that because. I was just on a call with a client today. Uh, It was one of our first consultations and um, she wanted to do all this stuff with her marketing. And our first question I asked was, do you have a CRM? Well, no, you know, kind of, it was kind of like the questions that you sound like you get a lot. Can we have, go, go a little bit deep into giving some advice to people who have not started with their database. Where sure. do they start with that? How how do you, you know how do they start with email? How right. do they even start growing a database? How well, do you do it? Yeah, the first thing you do is you pull your phone out and you go through your phone because that's where your gold mine is. All right. Most people that I find that say I don't have a database. I don't know anybody. Number one is who's in your phone. All right. Get them down in a database. And it's a little bit cumbersome, but get them down in a database. The next place um, I tell people to go is old emails. Are you in a group? Did you send out group posts? Were you part of a church? Were you part of a biking club? Were you part of something where there was a mass email that went out? Go to those, start capturing those people. And then some of the obvious, and it depends on kind of where you came from when you landed in real estate. Do you have a LinkedIn account? Do you have a Facebook account? Those are all areas that you should go to to start pulling down names. And this is the part when I say I didn't have any income for six months. This is the part that isn't fun. It's cumbersome. And agents a lot of times won't do it. And the agents that don't do it are the ones that don't succeed. But the ones that buckle down, and it's temporary, okay, it's temporary. But if you buckle down and you start pulling those names down and at least getting the name and the email, don't worry as much about phone numbers and uh, addresses. In the past, that was important. It's not quite as critical now. At a minimum, get a name and an email and start throwing them into the same place. Whether you buy a CRM, I, I personally don't think it's necessary when you're first starting to buy one um, because most agents get trapped in that too. They get trapped in analyzing, should I have this? Should I have that? And and, and then they don't do anything. So at a minimum, um, just find a place where you can store them, even if it's in your Gmail. <laughs> um, I, I usually recommend maybe you go to like a MailChimp or something like that. MailChimp is is a marketing system that you can have up to 2,500 contacts in it for free. So most agents I find that are starting out and don't have a database, they don't get to 2,500 you know, overnight. So just put those names and addresses into like a MailChimp. And by doing that, um, you'll start building it. You'll start building awesome. it. Awesome. Great. Great tips. So can you share with us your processes? How are you able to take your very own real estate business from $0 to earning 300000 in just three years? Can you yeah. tell us the steps, the key steps you took to get there? Sure. It, it, it was, I literally sat down 
day after day after day and nailed down the database. All right. Remember, this was in 2003. So it really actually was before we had um, quite as much electronics as, as we had before. I had come from the corporate world. I had all the phone numbers because we used to, I managed a 24-7 operation and we had all the leadership cell phone numbers and, and home phone numbers. We weren't even using cell phones that much. We were beeping each other, if you can believe that. <laughs> but we, we had all the the phone numbers, who to call in the event of an emergency. So I started by cross-referencing those phone numbers. Back then, you could go into white pages, put in the phone number, it would give you a reverse search on their their address. And I just collected it all into a, into one place, all right? And so that was step one, get the database. Then I sent out an introduction um, and I made a logo, all right? I made a logo and, and, and it wasn't a fancy logo, it was more a logo of my name, all right? Because I am a big believer in branding. And so even if I was brand new to real estate, I wanted it to look like I'd been doing it forever. So I wanted a, a look. So if you just get a name logo alone, that's that's huge. Um, and then from there, I mapped out some kind of monthly postcards. Um, I started doing open houses for other agents and I would ask them if I could market them. All right. So I would, you know, a lot of times experienced agents will let you market their properties because they want to get it sold. They, you know, you just got to ask. So I started marketing other agents' properties and I then I got my first listing and I, man, I blitzed that thing like, you know, I had 20 of them. And so I, but I had that database set up. So I started telling them. And then I, when I sold it, I sent another email out. You know, I just started communicating. And again, this was even before social media. So in today's world, I would blast it on social media, Facebook, on, and, and, and always in a positive web. So excited to show this property. Even if you're showing properties, you have one listing and one buyer, you can make so many posts from that one buyer by showing, looking at homes in Brookhaven today. Oh, God, I love this backyard. You can do so many posts that look like you're super, super busy, but it's about consistency, consistency, consistency. So for me, it was more of a marketing thing. I was never a cold caller. Um, and one of the things I love about real estate, one of the things I love about coaching is it is one of the few businesses where all different personality types can thrive. Um, for real estate, you can be a little bit more introverted and work the behind the scenes social media angle and be a great realtor. You can be a sales guy and be a, out there, you know, going to, um, you know, networking meetings and you can do great that way. So a lot of times in my coaching business, I try to find people where, what they're good at. Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Are you, are you comfortable talking to people? Do you like cold calling? What, what do you like? And then we hone in on that. So for me, I knew myself. And I knew I was never going to be a cold caller. And so I went the marketing route and I just started touching people regularly, regularly, regularly. Yeah, I love that. I love the fact that you you have a um, it's not a one size fits all approach because right. I've noticed right. that when I've worked with somebody and I, you know, maybe I say, OK, video is probably one of the top 
things you should focus on. Yeah. If they're not comfortable at that season, right. the video, they're not going to do it. They're going to feel defeated right. and they're going to be even less enthusiastic about their real estate business right. and growing it if you're having them do something that doesn't fit their personality. So that's right. often that you do have a kind of an integrated approach to marketing. Right. And even with lead generation, you know, a lot of times people come to me and say, I don't even know where to start. And I say, quit thinking about real estate. Start with what you love. Do you love to bike? Do you are you involved in your church? Do you like painting? What is it you love to do? If money was no object, what would you be doing? Go do that. Go meet those people. Go start talking to biking people. Go start hanging out with those people. But then start listening. You know, listen when somebody needs to buy a house. Introduce yourself. Ask questions about them. They'll then ask about you. So just start hanging with people that you like because those are the people you want to work with anyway, right? So quit thinking so much or making it so difficult. Just start getting out there. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yes. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the state of our world today. We have a pandemic. You know, we haven't had a pandemic in over 100 years. I never thought yeah. that we would be talking about something like COVID-19. Right. right. Um, talk about how it's impacted um, business, you know, from your vantage point, from the clients that you work with. And what should agents be doing now to pivot and still thrive in this new world? Yeah. Well, I think that's the key word. What you just said is time to pivot. And I, I think there's a couple of things that agents should be doing. Um, number one, um, if you aren't doing something to work on your mindset, then you are not going to survive in this kind of environment. And here's what I mean by that. Um, mindset to me is about what practices do you do that get your head on straight first thing in the morning? What most agents do is they roll over and they grab their phone and they start looking through the phone, right? And the texts then rule their day. And instead, I really want to see agents that do things that um, set the intentions for the day. And there's a lot of ways you can do that. For some people, it's... Uh, a devotional thing. For some people, it's meditation. For some people, it's dedicating so much time to hug and kiss their, their children, their family, their dogs. Okay. But it is not about grabbing the phone first thing. I do a practice called scripting and scripting is where you write down what you want as if it has already happened. And I tell you, when I do that consistently, my mindset changes and I, and things just come to me. All right. So number one is just get into a practice, particularly particularly now when your anxiety can raise, when you're concerned about money, when all those things start to come into play, get into a daily practice. And, you know, even in the corporate world, you probably know this because you're, you, you were in the corporate world. Um, you know, the great managers uh, spend 20 percent of their time developing their people. Right. The managers that don't spend the time developing their people. Um, giving them guidance, doing performance reviews. They, they are not the top managers. The ones that, that carve out that 20% are the top managers. It's no different in real estate. Even if you're a company of one, if you're not carving out the 20% to develop yourself, 
and, and do those things, you're, you're, you're not going to be as successful. Um, so, so me mindset is number, number one thing I do in this kind of environment. Um, and then, then two, it's about connecting with clients in a different way. Don't worry so much about selling, just start reaching out to some of them and talking about how you doing out there. What, you know, what's going on? Are you guys doing okay? And that can be by social media. If you're less of a calling person, you know, go out to social media, go look at people's Facebook pages, make comments on it. I call Facebook an online cocktail party. All right. It's like going to a cocktail party. And if somebody posts something with a picture of their kids or a new recipe they're doing during COVID, then go comment about it like you would if you were talking to them right across from them. Um, don't be a, a Facebook stalker. Start connecting to people in those fashions. So really focus on that. Um, that's where the consistency comes from. All right. Uh, one of the top agents in Palmer House, um, he, he, he consistently goes out and makes comments on my posts, on anyone in our firm's posts, just saying little two word things. Oh, that's really exciting. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Um, love seeing the pics of your kids. That's all he does. OK. And he makes makes a killing because he's connected. People want to work with people they they want they feel connected to. So as simple as that sounds, it is the number one thing we need to do now. The other shift you have to make, I think, in, in a COVID environment or in this this pivot we have to make is just using these new tools. Get a Zoom account, pay the hundred bucks to get the real deal, not just the free account. You know, start doing consultations with clients over Zoom. Start learning how to use that tool. Um, it will up your up your game. It'll be no different than being face to face with people. Don't fall off the cliff um, in this environment. Yeah, it's really important. And even before, even when the economy was great, yeah. everything was awesome. Yeah. It's really important that we all stay in top of mind with our yeah. prospects and clients. I tell people all the time, trust is the number one reason why I'm going to choose to work with you. But yeah. Nowadays, we all have so many choices. We're all so busy. I have yeah. to remember you. I have to remember that I trust you in order to pick up that phone and call you when it's time for me to make a real estate decision. You bet. You yeah. bet. Yeah. And, you know, even what I'm learning, too, in this new environment is Facebook groups is a good way to meet people and prospects. Um, I I'm in some Facebook groups just just on topics that interest me. And I, I literally have a consultation tomorrow from someone I met in in the group. I've not personally met them. They just had made a comment or two and they said something about, you know, I just moved here from New Orleans. And I said, oh, I just moved here from Atlanta, you know, and we started a little chat and and found out you know they're looking for a home and then i private messaged them you know hey i'd love to help you and we have a buyer consultation tomorrow over um zoom all right so you know it you really just have to start conversations and be real real intentional about that um so yeah yeah Awesome. Yeah. So can you share uh, with us any issues you find from your coaching business that agents are facing? What yeah. are the key things that are popping up and what advice do you give them to overcome yeah. those issues and yeah. keep their business on track? Sure. So a lot of times what I start with when I 
when I start coaching with the clients, that one of the first things I want to learn, particularly if they're uh, an established agent, not brand brand new, because a lot of a lot of my clients are experienced agents who want to take their business to the next level, and maybe they've plateaued. Um, that you know they don't know how to go from eight million to ten million or, or whatever. So the first thing I do is I make them go through an exercise where we look at their numbers. Most agents do not know their numbers, and by numbers I mean how many things have you sold? What's your average days on market? What's your list to sales price ratio? Um, you know, what, yeah, your list to sales price ratio. What What are those things? Okay. And I make them write those down and if, I'll, I'll make them go back over the last year. And if you haven't done that yet, start doing it. But there's key indicators that we should, should know. I'll give you an example of how this is helpful. I had a, a client was actually a, a couple that was a, a team and they were in the top 10 agents, but they wanted to do more. They, I think they wanted to go from 8 million to 10 million. As a matter of fact, I had them do their numbers. And what we found is I have them do uh uh, have them do commission too. So I can see what they've been charging on commissions. So I had them do that. I think they had had like 23 sales that year. And what we found was one, their list to sales price ratio wasn't great. They were maybe selling things um, much lower than they should. So that tells me you got pricing issues. You need just to improve your pricing abilities. They, their days on market was decent. Um, their commissions were low. They were cutting commissions. All right. And a lot of agents do this and they'll give a deal to somebody who buys and sells from them. But when I and, and I'm, I'm kind of against that approach personally, what we did is we said, OK, here's your you were they were leaving about 0.5 percent on the table when you added up the 23 deals. So 0.5 percent times 23 deals, it ended up being about twenty thousand dollars that they had left on the table that year. And that may not seem like a lot in some cases to a realtor because they say, oh, that's, you know, two sales. Right. But when you divide that by 12 and it ends up being almost fifteen hundred dollars, that's your mortgage payment. And so I said to that that couple, why are you giving your mortgage payment away? When you come to me and you're freaking out because you don't have the mortgage for next month, it's because you, you're leaving the money on the table. You are leaking money. So let's get better at the objection of when someone asks you to cut your commission. All right. And what I explained to them is most people will still work with you even if you um, say no to that question. They'll still work with you. Now, you still have to provide great service and do all that. So you have to learn to say no. Right. So the first thing I do is I see where are people leaking money and I can usually find leakages and I can usually find where are they not good. It's usually pricing, it's objections um, or something of that nature. And then from there, we move into what does your database look like? What do you want to earn? Are you do you have the numbers that support that? So if you want to earn $150,000 a year. How many people do you need in your database to do that? How many times do you have to touch them? What are your marketing pieces you're sending out? And then I have them put together kind of a spreadsheet that I provide them that has marketing pieces down one side and the months of the year across the top. And we actually map out, okay, I'm going to do postcards or I'm going to do, you know, an event twice a year, or I'm going to do um, phone calls four times a year. And we map it out so that every month they know exactly what they have to do. And then they have to stick to it. So it's about bringing structure um, 
and and just you know getting people to not leak money, get a plan together, start marketing consistently, and then helping them to work through the objections they're not good at handling. Yes, accountability planning and writing things down, having a written plan of action. Um, when I teach my CE classes, I'm really shocked that I'll ask the question, especially in my personal branding workshop, yeah. I'll go around and when I was teaching face to face, I'll go around the room and I'll ask, you know, um, how many of you guys have a written marketing plan? And I'm shocked at the few hands that are raised. And, right. you know, I don't know where I would be if I didn't have a written plan of action. And I was right. updating that every quarter and yeah. really, you know, saying, hey, where do I see my business in the next quarter every, you know, in six months? Where are my finances? And it wasn't until I was able to write that stuff down that things really started to happen in my business. Yeah. 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 And, you know, that is one thing that a coach can sometimes help you with, because sometimes when you have your own business, it's hard to go off and do that by yourself. And so sometimes you just need somebody to help you with that planning process. The other thing I see agents do, and we, we all do it, it's not just agents, but we um, we get a little too hung up on we, we put too many things on the plate. All right. We have 20 things we want to do and then we don't do anything. And so once I get into a coaching relationship, a lot of times what I'm doing and, and agents can do this even without a coach. A lot of times what I'm doing is saying, OK, what are we going to do in the next two weeks? What are we going to do in the next two weeks? And we don't look beyond that. And a lot of times I'm pulling stuff off their plate. I think it's just as important to pull things off your plate as it is to put things on your plate. And so when I, when I know, because I've been an agent before that they're not going to get that done in a week, not in the middle of, you know, three negotiations they're doing, we pull it off. So they quit feeling unsuccessful and we just get one thing done. I want you to add 10 people to your database this week. I want you to get one postcard out. That's it. Nothing more. So, you know, it's, it's just common sense uh, project management. In project management, you might lay the whole year out, but you, it's really the breaking it down into segments that make it happen. Yeah. My husband and I, during our most of our marriage, we've been involved in church ministry outreach. And we learned quite a few years ago that when we said yes to every ministry opportunity, every service, every outreach, every feeding the homeless, going out there, you're saying no to a lot. And sometimes it could be your family it's yeah, time with your kids. So, you know, having a million great things on the, on your plate, right. they don't turn out to be so good. You know, you want to make yeah. sure you can hone in and focus. For so sure. That's, all, that's wonderful insight. It's one of the, it's that it's that famous saying you can't fill another's cup if your cup is empty, and and that's really you know what it comes down to. If you if you run your when you run your cup out, you're not helping anybody, absolutely. including yourself. Absolutely. So this has been absolutely amazing. There's so much value. I know that everybody who's watching this podcast interview have hopefully they can run away and they have so many things that they can start just moving toward before we let you go. And I'm sad about that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. So it, it's the 30 minutes flies by, especially when yeah. the conversation is this good. I'm really enjoying just, you know, your insight, your input, and you've been so giving with it. So thank you for that. So I, want, I wanted to find out if you could give agents just one takeaway from this interview, where should they focus? Exactly. Yeah. What would that be? Well, 
gosh, it's hard to pick just one thing, but but the the one piece of advice that I typically give somewhere along the line to my coaching clients is is this: um, get out of your ego. Okay, everything that you do is not about you, and so invariably, at some point in time during my my coaching span with someone, an agent will be on the other side of me complaining about a client who's not listening, who's really frustrating, and and you know it's all about what is getting done to them by this client, and I will say to them, get out of your ego because the world does not revolve around you, sometimes you are sent to walk into someone else's life lesson, all right? And what I mean by that is sometimes you're there merely to teach them a lesson and it's not about you. So you step into that with grace and you teach them the lesson and you learn the lesson yourself and you move on. And if you keep that in, in the front of your mind that, you know, I might be just walking into this person's life lesson and it's not anything more than that. It's not about all these things that we then catastrophize that have just happened to us. You know, we start to build really cool relationships with people. Buying and selling a house is the most stressful thing they're going to go through in their life. And you're there to teach them a lesson of how to do that with grace. And so stay in that place, particularly now, it's going to be even more stressful now. And if you stay focused on that, focused on your mindset, there's really nothing you can do. The stuff we've talked about, the rest is mechanics, all right? And we can teach you mechanics, but, but you really got to work that muscle of stepping into things with grace. Mm, that's awesome. Good stuff. Now, Brenda, where can, I, where can we find you online? Well, I just, I, I'm laughing because I just set up a website after three years in my coaching business. Uh, you know, quarantine's been very good to me. It forced yeah. me to get my website done. Yeah. Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> my business is called True You Coaching. And so, and that's spelled T-R-U-Y-O-U. There's no E on that. So trueyoucoaching.com. Uh, same with Facebook and Instagram. I'm still building those audiences, but we'd love for you to join us. Uh, we promise to be positive and inspiring in those places. But that's where you can find me, trueyoucoaching.com. Awesome. Good stuff. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast never ceases to amaze me. We have really hit home runs with our interviews, guys. So if you guys could leave a comment uh, and let Brenda know that you're thankful for her being here. I know I am. And um, we'll just, uh, you know, have keep doing this, guys. I really appreciate you being a part of it. And Brenda, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back on soon. Great. Thank you so much. It was fun. Great. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you were here today learning how to grow your real estate business. Now, don't forget, follow us everywhere podcasts can be listened to. That's Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. And be a friend. Share this podcast episode across your social media. Have a great one.